the Pediatric Lounge, a podcast taking you behind the door of the Physician's Lounge to get a deeper insight into just what docs are talking about today. From the clinically profound to the wonderfully routine and everything in between. Well, hello again, and welcome to the Pediatric Lounge, a podcast brought to you by pediatricians about the stories of the USA-based pediatrician and all their successes trying to keep our children healthy. This podcast has been a wonderful journey for Dr. George Rogo from Long Island and myself, your co-host, Dr. Herb Bravo. We wanted to air this 15-minute clip taped at George's and Delia's house in Long Island, New York, as a celebration and a thank you to all our loyal listeners as we have reached 10,000 downloads in roughly one year. We started March 13, 22, and we have now 10,000 downloads. We are so grateful for your loyalty, for your listening, for all the wonderful guests who have come on the show and have made this a reality and have uplifted the American story. Thank you so much and see you next week. Well, hi there, everybody. I am taking over Delia's Kitchen in George's uh, home in Royal, uh, Long, Long Island. Island. How are you, George? I'm doing pretty good. It's an honor to have you to visit us here on Long Island. And um, we're not doing a podcast with a topic. We're just going to speak. So um, we came to Long Island. Well, you work here, but I wanted to meet your beautiful wife. <laughs> and we also want to interview Carrie from my allied physicians tomorrow. Right, right. One of the biggest super groups in America, right? It should be interesting. That would be, and we're actually going to go to the big, big beast, the headquarters. Yes. So that'll be fun. And we're approaching on our one-year anniversary. Did you know that? No, I, time flies when you're having fun, I guess. I guess. It yeah. hasn't been like a marriage, has it? <laughs> <laughs> you're starting to look like me. Uh, that is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're still better looking. Oh, like, yes, definitely. Uh, thank God. Um, so I've got myself into a little bit of trouble, but I always do that. Ah, stop it. <laughs> so, so in this year, uh, what became as a, what started out as a fun project to change the narrative of the American pediatrician. And when I say the American pediatrician is the U.S.-based pe- uh, pediatrician. We have had some great people on the show. We did, from plenty of independent pediatricians to CEOs of different organizations. We've had some consultants. You name it, we had it. Yeah, it's been a very interesting journey. The downside of that journey is that it has become an obsession. (laughs) Well, an obsession is a good thing. So now we're spending a lot of time just doing the podcast, and we have started a couple new things, right? Correct. So uh, the first thing that we want to announce is our Pediatric Lounge Management Collaborative, which is going to be some coaching classes for independent physicians, pediatricians, to help kickstart their, their practices. Yeah. And what's, what's our avatar? What are we focused on right now? We're focused on anybody pretty much that's an independent practice. Many physicians worked for the big hospitals, now are leaving, and we want to help to encourage them that, yes, you can be successful in private practice. Yes, and we want people who are willing to change, 
and willing to manage using data. Correct. So that they can be on top of all the little things that go on in a practice when they don't have the CEO, the CMO, the chief nursing officer of a big group like Allied. So once you describe a little bit of your plans for the coaching right. classes, the mastermind classes. So I think as adults, we learn best as a community, as opposed to lectures. And we do best when we hold each other accountable. So the way I see myself is as a facilitator for CEOs of different practices, putting them together, figuring out what we need to measure that is most important to all practices across the country, creating a system and a process so that everybody can follow and not be reinventing the wheel and holding each other accountable every week. So for example, for these three months, my accountability within this group is going to be monetizing the podcast because we need some revenue so that we can continue doing this. Well, we're going to go uh, reach out to different uh, vendors and hopefully get some sponsorships. Yes. For we, the podcast. We've had a very good response. And then the other, since we're building a process, it's best if we put a process down on paper. So Dr. Bitch Bridge suggested that we do a Substack with a, as a paid subscription. So if someone doesn't want to join the coaching class, they can go to the Substack and see the roadmap as we build it. And we're going to have not only your organization, organizational chart, but we're also going to give you scorecards for each position that you have so you know what to measure. Sounds like something that a physician could learn by himself in an office by being an apprentice or having a mentor to teach you, but it'll take you quite some time to get to that point. So I look at it as a way to jumpstart your independent practice and put you a couple of years into the future, a little bit of a head start, as opposed to just coming out and figuring it out as you go along, because physicians usually can figure things out. Heck, you learn biochemistry, physiology, and all that stuff. Can't learn a little math. Yeah, no, I, I think this isn't rocket science. It's just organizing the information and having someone hold you accountable and breaking down the silos. Right. So, you know, there's nothing really magical about days in AR. Every business measures that. It's just nobody teaches you about days in AR in medical school. And so once we know that's important to measure, we just put it up on our uh, scorecard, our electronic scorecard. And you know how your practice is doing when you open that scorecard. I agree. I mean, data is king. Somebody yes. once told me that data is the new currency in medicine. Yes. And let me tell you, all these EHRs, they have a whole lot of data. Yes. You have to access it. They give usually the EHRs. It doesn't matter which one it is. They'll give you a spreadsheet of some sort. But as a physician in an organization, I don't have time to crunch and filter and move things and analyze. I need pretty pictures. Yes, you, did, you need the data to be presented in a visualized way so that you as the visionary of the practice or the entrepreneurs are starting the practice knows which way your practice is headed. Right. And these are basic simple principles that we go by. They're all in books, like start by hiring the right people, put the right people in the right chair, and unfortunately, get rid of the people that are not they don't have a seat in the bus in your organization because either they don't hold your core values or they don't have the capacity to do the job they were hired to do. Analyze data and, you know, have integrity and a strong vision, mission, 
and values, because if you don't have a strong mission and people don't have integrity, they're not going to do a good job for you. And I think all of us that are in pediatrics want to take care of our patients the best way possible. And we want a very healthy environment when they come in to see us. This sounds an awful lot like what the consultants do. And what makes us a little different than a consultant? Well, I think a consultant is of great use because I see myself as a facilitator and as a generalist. But if you're having trouble with your reputation management on Google, I am not an expert in that. So I might call upon someone who does this day in and day out to mm-hmm. help your practice because you're in a little bit more trouble than just setting it up. Right. So the first thing is, this is important. These are the metrics. This is how you set it up. These are a few solutions to keep managing your Google My Business. But if you have a reputational problem, for whatever reason, you might need an expert. Right. Just like I see a kid with a heart murmur and they're not gaining, they're not gaining weight. And I might need to send them to the cardiologist to tell me whether there's a real problem or no problem, how to fix the problem. Right. I think of that way as the consultants. We also don't do some things that the consultants do, and each consultant has a different area of expertise. We don't sell software. Correct. Right. So if you if you want a software solution, then you're going to have to call ECC or OP. Right. Um, you know, I don't particularly like ECW, but you can call them too. <laughs> But I don't. I don't like him. I would have personal bias. I would tell you to steer away from that because it's not a pediatric-based uh, project, right? But I think that's our big difference. Plus, we stay in it for the long run with you. You know, we're meeting once a week to make sure the goals are being measured and that action is being taken to correct those areas that are not running well in your practice. And I am sure your quality will be better. I am sure your satisfaction with your lifestyle will be better, and I am sure your financials. Will Right. And we've seen this happen. I know. I when know. we, you know, when uh, Carla was part of the group, um, she did phenomenal, right? She went from charting two hours after work. Right. So that was just talking. Process. A process. A process change. Doing one little thing to switch something. And, you know, it, it modified her lifestyle because many times what I found with physicians is they'll continue with their usual way because that's the way they've always done it and it takes too much energy or too much time or effort to do a little tweak or you just say i'll do it tomorrow and i'll just continue with the same yes but that was a really life-changing experience to her the well, way I, she was freed up from not having to go home with a laptop yeah. to do charting well she had a really good ehr and there was no reason to do any work at home but yeah i hear a lot of physicians you know, they take work home and they're clicking at home and there's no need for that. And it creates stress, lifestyle disturbances, ultimately yeah. leading to burnout. Yeah. And then they blame it on the system. And then I think Kathleen, which is one of our superstars, she, well, I think when you talk to her, what excites her the most about meeting with us every Tuesday morning is the scoreboard. She now has data that she can see as the owner of the practice in one place without having to pull a bunch of spreadsheets that she doesn't have time to read. And then she can concentrate the rest of the day and see patients. Right. And that's that and some adjustments which she has made on her on her process 
has led to incredible financial results for her. Yeah. I guess we're doing what teenagers do. We're making a community. We're building a community. Of physicians. Like-minded physicians. Yeah. I don't think one person's smarter than the other in the room. I think that we share ideas and that's the power of we. Right. When we all sit down, if you've seen that problem before and you've resolved it with great results, you can share and someone else can just copy paste mm-hmm. and get over it. Um, and hence the collaborative part. That's why it's a collaborative because so we work together as opposed to working against each other. That's right. And we're not there to have big lectures with hundred people in the room where you really can't have that one-on-one touch and figure out what your pain points are and how to fix it. I don't know. When I go to these uh, big conferences, <clears throat> I think the stuff that I like the best is when you go outside the lectures and you meet, hey, Dr. Bravo, what do you think about this? Can you tell me your process for a different problem? The networking thing. Yes. So what we're trying to do is create a virtual, virtual networking. networking thing like the teenagers yes. do. Yes, that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah. And you know, we're not going to talk at you. We're going to speak with you. Right. And listen to what you're struggling with. Yeah. And then somebody within the group will probably resolve it. Yes. Or already did. Yes. And the other thing is, I learned this from a book called The 90-Day Year. And we set goals for 90 days to keep everybody focused on what's important to change in this quarter. Mm -hmm. And then we reassess the next quarter to see where we need to go as a group and what we need to learn as a group. And we also are very fortunate that we have guests, I wouldn't call them speakers, but guests, guests, pediatricians and industry and experts that will hop on a call and go over our plan and say, I think you guys are in the right track, or I think you guys need to reconsider this and that. You can call it pediatric expert drop-ins. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, we've had a very good response from the people that have come in. There's a lot of physicians that did really great things over their careers and you know it's ex- it's exemplified on the podcast and their stories and they they're willing to share yes yeah because we have to create the next generation of pediatricians yes. and independent practices otherwise yes everybody's just going to work for the man well it's a shame we don't we don't take care of our young and you know that's why we have the happy hour where we invite medical students interested in pediatrics and private practice with startups and with people who are leading multi big super groups like yourself and the CIN and a couple other super groups from around the country so that we can mentor these young people to other ways of practice, not just being a hospitalist. Otherwise, we're not going to have any primary care in this country. Yes, students. I mean, the students are the future. And, and I have students from NYIT on Long Island, the medical school. Yes. I get a student every month. And the sad part of all of these students, they're very eager to learn. Yes. Been doing this for two and a half years. I have not found one student that wants to go into pediatrics. Well, I found one in Miami. Yes. (laughs) You know, and then after they finish a rotation, then they start to say, this pediatrics is not what I thought it was. It's actually pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm hoping to turn some people and grow our own pediatricians for the future. Yes. Um, but the happy hour is a very good idea. The pediatric lounge happy hour where we bring independent physicians, pra- practitioners on a Zoom call with medical students from wherever they are. Yeah. And they just talk about stuff. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they need to know out of residency, live like a resident for two or three years. 
Yes. Don't buy a million dollar house. Don't buy a Mercedes right out of the gate. Yes. Yes. Simple trade-offs. For example, you could live in a smaller community in North Carolina and make 250 Mm -hmm. and, you know, right out of residency, they'll have loan repayment. You won't be part of a big health system and the cost of living will be so much less that you can save and get out of debt faster. Right. Or you can make 180,000 in Manhattan and you're going to be living with roommates. <laughs> well, it's true, right? So but as long as you don't have kids, it's okay. So so those choices you have to make and there's pluses and minuses to those choices. Yeah. But yes, I and then you're not the current group of students you have, but the last student you had was fascinating. Oh, it? yes. We had a lot of fun with him. Yeah, we he was an engineer. He became a physician, you know, MD student, and he speaks very well and he's has a great heart. So he's able to, and I taught him how to analyze data, create clinical dashboards. And we, with him, we sat down, we opened up our EHR and we said, what can we write graphs about? So we were able to pull together a graphic of all the flu tests that we did from the beginning of time in our EHR in 2016, all the COVID tests that were positive and negative in proportions, all the strep tests, all the throat cultures. And we made nice, pretty pictures. And he did it. I gave him the data and he just like, oh, this, you know, we worked together and uh, he created a clinical dashboard. And yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that this young fella, I mean, he came in as an, one of those internal medicine heavy guys. I want to be a specialist. Yes. The saying, hmm, theatrics is not that bad. And he lives on Long Island. So maybe he who knows? Be. Who knows? He was a really bright and fun. Yeah, I, I don't want to pressure any kid. No. You know, but if, you know, if they like peds and they want to, you know, there's always a home for us. Yes. Yes. Well, George, thank you so much for having thank me you, at sir. your house. It's great to it's, have you in person. It's been a great year, and I look forward <laughs> to uh, visiting RBK Pediatrics yeah. later today. Yeah, and tomorrow we're going to see Dr. Firestein. We are. From Allied. All right. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of the Pediatric Lounge. On the show notes, you will find links to our co-host and other important notes, as well as a timetable of the topics discussed today. Don't forget to follow us on social media and subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a great review as it helps us greatly. In the meantime, we will see you next week. The Pediatric Lounge. The conversations are not intended as medical advice and the opinions expressed are solely those of the host and the guests.